The Wrath of Khan by William King. Blood for the Blood God, bellowed Khan the Betrayer, charging forward through the hail of Baltifier towards the Temple of Superlative Indulgence. The Balter shells ricocheting off his breastplate did not even slow him down. The Chaos Space Marine smiled to himself. The ancient Ceramite of his armor had protected him for over ten thousand years. He felt certain it would not let him down today. All around him, warriors fell, clutching their wounds, crying in pain and fear. More souls offered up to the altar of battle, to the supreme lord of carnage. Khan thought and grinned maniacally. Surely the blood god would be pleased this day. Ahead of him, Khan saw one of his fellow berserkers fall, his body riddled with shells, his armor cracked and melted by plasma fire. The berserker howled with rage and frustration, knowing that he was not going to be in at the kill, that he would give Khan no more offerings on this or any other day. In frustration, the dying warrior set his chainsword to maximum power and took off his own head with one swift stroke. His blood rose in a red fountain to slake Khorne's thirst. As he passed, Khan kicked the fallen warrior's head, sending it flying over the defender's parapet. At least this way, his fallen comrade would witness Khan slaughter the Sladeshi worshippers in the few delicious moments before he died. Under the circumstances, it was the least reward Khan could grant such a devout warrior. The betrayer leapt over a pile of corpses, snapping off a shot with his plasma pistol. One of the Slanesh cultists fell, clutching the ruins of his melted face. Gorechild, Khan's demonic axe, howled in his hands. Khan brandished it above his head and bellowed his challenge to the sick yellow sky of this demon world. Skulls for the skull throne, Khan howled. On every side, frothing berserkers echoed his cry. More shells whined around him. He ignored them in the way. He would ignore the buzz of annoying insects. More of his fellows fell, but Khan stood untouched, secure in the blessings of the blood god, knowing that it would not be his turn today. All was going according to plan. A tide of Khorne's warriors flowed across the bomb-cratered plains towards the towering redoubt, of the Slanesh worshippers. Support fire from the Chaos Titan artillery had reduced most of the walls around the ancient temple complex to just so much rubble. The disgusting murals painted in fluorescent colours had been reduced to atoms. The obscene minarets that crowned the towers had been blasted into well-deserved oblivion. Lewd statues lay like colossal limbless corpses, gazing at the sky with blank marble eyes. Even as Khan watched, missiles blazed down from the sky and smashed another section of the defensive wall to blood-covered fragments. Huge clouds of dust billowed. The ground shook. The explosions rumbled like distant thunder. Sick joy bubbled through Khan's veins. 
at the prospect of imminent violence. This is what he lived for. These moments of action where he could once again prove his betterment to all other warriors in the service of his exalted lord. In all his ten thousand years' existence, Khan had found no joy to touch the joy of battle, no lust greater than his lust for blood. Here, on the field of mortal combat, he was more than in his element. He was at the sight of his heart's desire. It was the thing that caused him to betray his oath of allegiance to the Emperor of Mankind, his genetic destiny as a space marine, and even his old comrades in the World Eater's Legion. He never regretted those decisions, even for an instant. The bliss of battle was reward enough to stay any doubts. He jumped the ditch before the parapet, ignoring the poisoned spikes which lined the pit bottom, and promised an ecstatic death to any that fell upon them. He scrambled up the loose scree of the rock face, and vaulted over the low wall, planting his boot firmly into the face of a defender as he did so. The man screamed and fell back, trying to stem the flow of blood from his broken nose. Khan swung Gorechild, and ended his whining forever. Death is upon you, Khan roared as he dived into the mass of depraved cultists. Gorechild lashed out, its teeth bit into hardened ceramite, spraying sparks in every direction. The blow passed through the target's armour, opening its victim from stomach to sternum. The wretch fell back, clutching at his ropey entrails. Khan dispatched him with a backhanded swipe and fell upon his fellows, slaying left and right, killing with every blow. Frantically, the cultist's leader bellowed orders, but it was too late. Khan was among them, and no man had ever been able to boast of facing Khan in close combat and living to tell the tale. The numbers 2243 and then... 2244 blinked before his eyes, the ancient gothic lettering of his digital death counter, superimposed on Khan's field of vision, incremented quickly. Khan was proud of this device, presented by Warmaster Horus himself in ancient times. Its like could not be made in this degenerate age. Khan grinned proudly as his tally of offerings for this campaign continued to rise. He still had a long way to go to match his personal best, but that was not going to stop him from trying. Men screamed and howled as they died. Khan roared with pleasure, killing everything within his reach, reveling in the crunch of bone and the spray of blood. The rest of the Cornate forces took advantage of the destruction the betrayer had caused. They swarmed over the walls in a howling mass and dismembered the Slanesh worshippers. Already demoralised by the death of their leader, not even these fanatical worshippers of the Lord of Pleasure could stand their ground, broken, panicked, and fled. Such pathetic oafs were hardly worth the killing. Khan decided, lashing out reflexively and killing those Slaneshi worshippers who passed too close to him as they fled. 2246, 2247, 2248, went the death counter. It was time to get on with his mission. It was time to find the thing that he had come here to destroy, the ancient demonic artifact known as the Heart of Desire. 
Attack! Khan bellowed and charged through the gaping mouth of the leering stone head that was the entrance to the main temple building. Inside, it was quiet, as if the roar of battle could not penetrate the walls. The air stank of strange perfumes. The walls had a porous, fleshy look. The pink-tinged light was odd. It shimmered all around, coming from no discernible source. Khan switched to the autosensor systems within his helm, just in case there was some trickery here. Leather-clad priestesses, their faces domino-masked, emerged from padded doorways. They lashed at Khan with whips that sent surges of pain and pleasure through his body. Another man, one less hardened than Khan, may have been overwhelmed by the sensations, but Khan had spent millennia in the service of his god, and what passed through him now was but a pale shadow compared to the battle-lust that mastered him. He chopped through the snake-like flesh of the living lash. Poisoned blood spurted forth. The woman screamed as if he had cut her. Looking closer, he saw the chi and the whip were one. A leering demonic head tipped the weapon's handle and had buried its fangs into her wrist. Khan's interest was sated. He killed the priestess with one backhanded swipe of Gorechild. A strange, strangled cry of rage and hate warned him of a new threat. He turned and saw one of the other berserkers, less spiritually pure than himself, had been overcome by the whip's evil. The man had torn off his helmet, and his face was distorted by a sick and dreamy smile that had no place on the features of one chosen by Khorne. Like a sleepwalker, he advanced on Khan and lashed out his chainsword. Khan laughed as he parried the blow and killed the man with his return stroke. A quick glance told him that all priestesses were dead, and most of his followers had slain their drugged brethren. Good, thought Khan, but a part of him was disappointed. He had hoped that more of his fellows would be overcome by treachery. It was good to measure himself against true warriors, not these, not these decadent worshippers of a sad god. Gorechild howled with frustrated bloodlust, writhing in his hand as if it would turn on him if he did not feed it more blood and sinew soon. Khan knew how the axe felt. He turned, gestured for his companions to follow him, and raced off down the corridor. Follow me, he shouted, to the slaughter! Passing through the huge arch, the former space marine entered the inner sanctum of the temple, and Khan knew that they had found what they had come for. Light poured in through the stained glass ceiling. As he watched, Khan realised that the light was not coming through the glass, but from the glass itself. The illustrations glowed with an eerie internal light, and they moved. A assembly of men and women... Mutants and demons enacted in every foul deed that the depraved followers of a debauched god could imagine. Khan noted they could imagine quite a lot. Khan raised his pistol and opened fire, but the glass merely absorbed the weapon's energy. Something like the faint moan of pleasure filled the chamber, and mocking laughter drew Khan's attention to the throne, which dominated the far end of the huge chamber. It was carved from a single gem that pulsed and changed colour, going from amber to lavender 
to pink to lime, and then back through a flickering random assortment of iridescent colours that made no sense and hurt the eye. Khan knew without having to be told that this throne was the heart of desire. Senses honed by thousands of years of exposure to the stuff of chaos told him that the thing fairly radiated power. Inside was the trapped essence of a demon prince, held forever at the whim of Slanesh as punishment for some ancient treachery. The man sitting so regally on the throne was merely a puppet, and barely worth Khan's notice, save as something to be squashed as a bug. The man looked down on Khan as if he had the temerity to feel the same way about Khan's most devoted follower. His left hand stroked the hair of his leashed and naked women, who crouched like a pet at his feet. His right hand held an obscenely shaped rune-sword. Khan strode forward to confront his new foe. The clatter of ceramet-encased feet on marble told him that his fellow berserkers followed. In a matter of a hundred strides, Khan found himself at the foot of the throne, and some odd mystical force compelled him to stop and stare. Khan did not doubt that he was face to face with the cult leader. The man had the foul look of an ancient and immortal devotee of Slanesh. His face was pale and gaunt, makeup concealing the dark shadows under his eyes. An obscene helmet covered the top of his head. As he stood, his pink and lime cloak billowed out behind him. Tight bands of studded leather girdled his naked chest, revealing lurid and disturbing tattoos. Welcome to the heart of desire, the Slanesh worshipper said in a soft, insinuating voice, which somehow carried clearly across the chamber and compelled immediate, respectful attention. Khan was instantly on his guard, sensing the magic within the voice, the persuasive power which could twist mortals to its owner's will. He struggled to keep the fury that burned eternally in his breast from subsiding, under the influence of those slyly enthralling tones. What do you wish? Your death! the betrayer roared, yet he felt his bloodlust being subdued by that oddly comforting voice. The cult leader sighed. You worshippers of Korn are so drearily predictable. Always the same tedious, unimaginative retort. I suppose it comes from following that monomaniacal deity of yours. Still, you are hardly to be blamed for your god's dullness, I suppose. When Khan has devoured your soul, you will pay for such blasphemy, Khan shouted. His followers shouted their approval, but with less enthusiasm than Khan would have expected. For some reason, the man on the throne did not appear to be worried by the presence of so many armed men in his sanctum. Somehow I doubt it, old chap. You see, my soul has long been pledged to thrice-blessed Slanesh. So unless Corn wants to stick his talon down Slanesh's throat, or some other orifice, he'll have a hard time getting at it. Enough of this prattle, Corn roared. Death is upon you! Oh, be sensible, the cultist said, raising his hand. Khan felt a tide of pleasure flow over him, like that he had felt from the whip earlier, but a thousand times stronger. All around him he heard his men moan and gasp. Think, 
You could spend an eternity of pleasure being caressed by the power of Lord Slanesh, whilst your soul slowly rots and sinks into his comforting embrace. Anything you want, anything you have desired, can be yours. All you have to do is swear allegiance to Slanesh. Believe me, it's no trouble. As the cult leader spoke, images flickered through Khan's mind. He saw visions of his youth and all the joys he had known before the rebellion of Horus and the battle for terror. Somehow, it all looked so clear and fresh and appealing, and it almost brought moisture to his tear ducts. He saw endless banquets of food and wine. For a moment, his palate was simulated by all manner of strange and wonderful tastes, and his brain tingled with a myriad of pleasures and stimulations. Visions of maidens danced before his eyes, beckoned enticingly. For a moment, despite himself, Khan felt a almost unthinkable temptation to betray his ancient oath to the blood god. This was powerful sorcery indeed. He shook his head and bit his lip until the blood flowed. No true warrior of corn would fall for this pitiful trick, he bellowed. Oh, one of his followers cried. Praise to the great lord of pleasure, shouted another. Let us grovel and adore him, a third said, as the whole force cast themselves down onto their knees. Khan turned to look at his men, disbelief and outrage filling his mind. It seemed that they did not possess his iron-willed belief in Korn's power, that they were prepared to betray him for a few tawdry promises of pleasure. In every face, in every posture, he saw the slack-jawed worship of the posturing peacock on the throne. He knew there was only one thing to be done under the circumstances. The Slanesh leader obviously felt the same. Kill him, he cried. Offer his soul to Slanesh, an unspeakable ecstasy shall be your reward. The first of Khan's comrades raised his bolt pistol and squeezed the trigger. Khan threw himself to one side, and the shell whipped past his head. The betrayer rewarded the traitor with a taste of gore-child. The chain-axe screeched as it bit through armour in a mighty sweep that clove him clean in two. The warrior gave a muted whine as his Slanesh-corrupted soul went straight to the warp. Suddenly, the rest of the berserkers were upon him. Khan found himself fighting for his immortal life. These were no mere Slanesh cultists. Newly tainted though they may be, they had once been worthy followers of Khorne, fierce, deadly, and full of bloodlust. Mighty maces bludgeoned Khan. Huge chainswords threatened to tear his rune-encrusted armour. Balter shells tore chunks from his chestplate. Khan fought on, undismayed, filled with the joy of battle, taking fierce pleasure every time Gorchild took another life. At last, these were worthy foes. The body count swiftly ticked on to 2460 and continued to rise. Instinctively, Khan sidestepped a blow that tore off one of the metal skulls that dangled from his belt. The betrayer swore he would replace it with the attacker's own skull. His return stroke made good his vow. He whirled Gorechild in a great figure of eight and cleared a space all around him, sending off two more traitors to make their excuses to the blood god. Insane bloodlust surged through him, overcoming even the spirific influence of the Heart of Desire, and for a moment Khan fought with all his unfettered power. 
he became transformed into an unstoppable engine of destruction, and nothing could stand against him. Khan's heart pounded, the blood sang through his veins, and the desire to kill made him howl uncontrollably. Bones crunched beneath his axe, his pistol blew away the life of its targets. He stamped on the heads of the fallen, crushing them to jelly. Khan ignored pain, ignored any idea of self-preservation, and fought for the pure love of fighting. He killed, and he killed. All too soon, it was over, and Khan stood alone in a circle of corpses. His breathing rasped from his chest. Blood seeped through a dozen small punctures in his armour. He felt like a rib may have been broken by that last blow of the mace, but he was triumphant. His counter read 2485. He sensed the presence of one more victim and turned to confront the figure on the throne. The cultist's leader stood looking down at him with a faint expression of mingled disbelief and distaste on his face. The naked girl had fled. The throne pulsed enticingly. It's true what they say, the man said with a delicious sigh. If you want something done properly, you have to do it yourself. The insinuating voice drove Khan's fury from him and left him feeling tired and spent. The cultist strode down. Khan felt almost too weary to parry his blow. He knew he must throw off this enchantment quickly. The rune sword bit into his armour, and a wave of mingled pain and pleasure passed through Khan like poison. Summoning his last reserves of rage, he threw himself into the attack. He would show this fop who was the true warrior here. Khan hacked. Gorchild bit into the tattoos of the man's wrist. Gobbets of flesh and droplets of blood whirled away from the axe's head. The rank smell of hot bone filled the air as the hand separated from the arm and began to crawl away with a life of its own. Khan stamped on it, and a rictus of pain appeared on the owner's face, as if the hand was still attached. Khan swung, the cultist's head separated from its shoulders. The body swung a blade, a puppet still controlled by the strings of its master's will. It bit into Khan, and the wave of sensation almost drove him to his knees. Nice trick, roared Khan, feeling the hand squirm beneath its boot. But I've seen it before. He brought his chain-axe down on the head and clove it in two. The body fell to the ground, a puppet with its strings cut. Two, four, eight, six, Khan thought with some satisfaction. The betrayer advanced upon the throne. It pulsed enticingly before him. Within its multiple facets, he thought he saw the face of a beautiful woman, the most beautiful he had ever seen, and the most evil. Her hair was long and golden, her eyes were blue, her lips were her lips were full and red, and the small white fangs that protruded from her mouth in no way marred her perfection. She looked at Khan beseechingly, and he knew at once he was face to face with the demon trapped within the heart of desire. Welcome, Khan. I knew you would triumph. I knew you would be the conqueror. I knew. You would be my new master. The voice was thrilling. By comparison, the cult leader's voice had been but a pale echo. But the voice was also deceptive. Proud as he was, 
mighty as he knew himself to be, Khan knew that no man could truly be the master of a demon, not even a fallen space marine like himself. He knew that his soul was once more in peril, that he should do something, but yet again he found himself enthralled by the persuasiveness of a Slanesh worshipper's voice. Be seated. Become the new ruler of this world. Then go forth and blast those meddlesome interlopers from the face of your planet. Khan fought to hold himself steady while the throne pulsed hypnotically before him, and the smell of heavy musk filled his nostrils. He knew that once he sat he would be trapped, just as the demon was trapped. He would become a slave to the thing imprisoned within the throne. His will would be drained. Yet his limbs began to move almost of their own accord, his feet slowly but surely carrying him towards the throne. Once more, visions of an eternity of corrupt pleasure danced in Khan's mind. Once more, he saw himself indulging in every excess. The demon promised him every ecstasy imaginable, and it was well within its power to grant such pleasures. He knew it would be a simple thing for him to triumph on its behalf. All he had to do was step outside and announce that he had destroyed the heart of desire. He was Khan. He would be believed, and after that it would be a simple matter to lure the corn worshippers to ecstatic servitude or joyful destruction. And would they not deserve it? Already he was known as the betrayer, when all he had done was be more loyal to his god than the spineless weaklings that he had slaughtered. And with that, the demon's voice fell silent, and the vision stopped, as if the thing in the throne realised its mistake were too late. For Khan was loyal to Khorne, and there was only room for that one thing within his savage heart. He had betrayed and killed his comrades in the World Eaters, because they had not remained true to Khorne's ideals, and would have fled from the field of battle without either conquering or being destroyed. The, remi the reminder gave him strength. He turned and looked back at the room. The reek of blood and dismembered bodies filled his nostrils like perfume. He remembered the joy of the combat, the thrill of overcoming his former comrades. He looked out on a room filled with corpses and a floor carpeted with blood. He was the only living thing here, and he had made it so. He realised that, compared to this pleasure, the sense of conquest and victory, what the demon offered was only a pale shadow. Khan turned and brought Gorchild smashing down upon the foul throne. His axe howled thirstily as it drank deep of the ancient and corrupt soul imprisoned within. Once more he felt the thrill of victory and knew no regrets for rejecting the demon's offer. Two thousand four hundred and eighty-seven. Life doesn't get any better than this, Khan thought. <laughs>